glory goes unto you. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we tear down, God, every altar, every shrine, God, that we have built, God, in our hearts, Father God, that we have put up, God, ahead of you. We tear them down right now in the name of Jesus. God, you the one and true and living God. God, anything that we're keeping sacred above you, Father God, we repent right now in the name of Jesus. Because God is all about you. It's not about us. So we just thank you and praise you on tonight. Now, Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us tonight. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I tell you, this teaching is getting gooder and gooder. I don't know about y'all, but it helps me to see that God is the one true and living God. And that's what God wants us to see um, during this teaching. We, we talked about last week the plagues of Egypt. I'm going to briefly go back over that. We have learned so far that um, we need to know that God is God and he's above all gods. And we don't need to put any other God um, before him. We don't need to put any other God above him because he's the one true and living God. He's the one that created everything. Without him, nothing would be created. He is Elohim. And we proved in the scripture, in Psalms 90, it tells about, um, you know, him being God. Uh, it tells about it in Romans um, 120. It really tells about his creation in those two scriptures. So people should not say that there is no God. Because when you look up, you see that man didn't do that, but God did. Amen. Last um, Tuesday, I was talking about um, Pharaoh, and God was going to show Pharaoh that he was the one and true living God. And that's why God sent all those plagues to let them know that he is the one and true living God. But the problem with Pharaoh was, this is what Pharaoh said when Moses appeared before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said in Exodus chapter 5, this is what I was looking for last Tuesday, verse 1 and verse 2. And afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So see, Pharaoh did not, he knew these other gods, but he did not know who God was. So that's why he said, who is, I'm going to say what he said again. He said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So Pharaoh was really speaking based upon him not knowing God. Who is he? God had not proven himself unto Pharaoh. And this is what God was going to do. And when you look at all these plagues, you're seeing how God is letting Pharaoh know that I am God. I'm the one true and living God. He's given Pharaoh what Pharaoh was asking for. Who is the Lord? I don't even know anything about him that I should let these people go. So God said, I'm going to show you who I am. So this is what God has to do. But God need us to show him to the world. He's on the inside of us. So God want to manifest himself 
in the midst of the world to let them know I am the one and true and living God, the only God. I'm Jehovah, the self-existing God. I exist alone. Nobody didn't create me. So let's go back and look at these plagues again. The first one we're going to look at is the water that was turned into blood. That's Exodus 7. It starts at 17 through 25. And God was letting them know, when you look at that river, the Nile, what they looked at that Nile as is the source of life and fertility. So that's how the Egyptians looked up to that Nile as a god and a goddess for the source of life, of all life and fertility. So this is what God was saying. When you look at Exodus 7, starting at verse 17, but I want to go up to verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh heart is hard, and he refused to let the people go. Now I have to back up again because the Lord is reminding me of something. Go to Exodus 6, verse 9 through 12. Now God is sending um, Moses and Aaron unto Pharaoh. And this is what God did. He told Moses to show him a sign. God was revealing himself. He was making himself known unto Pharaoh. And verse 9 says... Exodus 6, 9. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for the anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. I'm going here to show you something. When Moses went to even the children of Israel, and I talked to y'all about this before, he had to prove to them about God. They had to really know God for themselves as well. Remember I told y'all, we have to know that God is who he say he is. We have to know that God is all powerful. We have to know that God is the one and true and only living God. So the first thing that God had Moses to do was go to the Israelites and present him as I am that I am. I will be who you want me to be. I am that I am. So he had to prove himself to them first. And as he did that, they accepted God. But then y'all know how Pharaoh came in and he made their task hard. So that's what the enemy does. When you get your heart set on the things of God and you begin to develop your relationship with him and know that he is God, that, okay, he is the one and only and true and living God. The enemy is going to come in and he's going to make you feel that like he is above God. So what did he do? He put more work on them. He oppressed them more. He gave them less um, for them to work with. So they had to find stuff on their own, and in the natural, that doesn't work. So when Moses was talking to them, they wouldn't even hear him because they were so distraught. The anguish in their heart, they were so distraught, they would not hear Moses. Have you been in a place that you, you really know God is God, but what God is saying to you seems like everything is coming against you, and it doesn't seem like it's working. So that's how they felt. So we know that God was proving himself to them first and foremost. First it was Moses, then it was the children of Israel. Now he's sending him to Pharaoh. So this is what he did when he sent him to Pharaoh. And one thing about God is he's not going to send you unprepared. He's going to prepare you. So you got to hear him. You got to hearken unto him so you can carry out what he would have for you to do. And you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. You got to do it exactly like he tell you to do it. So when Moses went to um, Pharaoh in Exodus 6 verse 9, I read that 10, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, 
Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me? Who am I of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them in charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So that's the part I want to read, but it's another part I want to show you. Go with me to chapter 7. Let's look at verse 9 at chapter 7. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. So see what God was telling um, Moses. He was preparing him. He was saying, Okay, Pharaoh don't think that I'm... Uh, you know, above his gods. So this is what I want you to do when he, when he says, show a miracle. And Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. Who command did they follow? God's command. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise man, the sorcerers, the musicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Now look at this. Y'all got to catch this. So first of all, God said he's going to ask for a miracle. So I want you to throw down that rod, and it's going to become a serpent. Okay, they did that. So can you imagine? They threw down their rod. It became a serpent. Then all the musicians that were standing there threw down theirs, and it was many serpents sitting there. But then that one serpent took and devoured the rest of them. And this is the beginning of God saying, I told you that I'm above your gods. You see how many they threw down there? Y'all got to catch it. God said, back up. So when I backed up, I said, okay, God, you showed them right there. That I'm going to show you that no matter what you do, I'm going to be above that. So God was proven to Pharaoh I am above you, and I'm above your musician. I'm above every God. And this is what God wants us to know as his people. I'm above everything. I'm above everything. And until we get that, y'all, we're going to be still looking for something else to save us, even though we've already been saved. How many of us still look for things to save us, and we got a Savior? Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. When our money get low, what are we looking for? More money. Let's just be honest. When things are happening in our lives, what do we look to more? The closer we get to God, we're going to look to him first. Because we know that he's the one true and living God. But if you're not in the word of God the way you need to be, you're going to go to other things to try to fix what's going on in your life because yet you don't believe that God has already done what he said he's going to do. So this is why God had to show Pharaoh. He said, I'm God. I'm over everything. You said that you don't even know about me. You get ready to know that I am, that I say that I am. So that those are the ones that I had to bring back up before we go back to the um, water being turned into blood. So let's go there again. I want to make it so real so we can see that God is God. He's over everything. So when we look at Exodus um, chapter 7 again, and I love this, God was speaking to who first? Moses. 
Now I want y'all to remember this. God is going to have someone that he has over whatever he has put in their hands. He's going to give it to a particular person, but he's going to have, it'd be God, that person, and then it'd be somebody else under that person, but everybody would be working together to carry out what God has given that individual. This is how it's supposed to be working in the church with the fivefold. God is going to always have someone that he gives the vision to, the vision there. But he's going to have people in the body of Christ to carry out what he wants to be carried out. And that's going to make up that one body. So God sent Aaron with Moses. God spoke to Moses first. Then Moses had to speak to Aaron. Isn't that something? God was given the direction to Moses. And then Moses was giving it to Aaron. And then in verse 17, it goes on to say, I'm going to 16 first. And thou shalt say unto him. The Lord God of the Hebrews have sent me unto thee, saying. So guess who Moses was um, coming to Pharaoh on the behalf of who? God. Not on the behalf of Moses, but on the behalf of God. Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou would not hear. Thus says the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. It was all about Pharaoh knowing that he was Jehovah. He was the self-existing one. That's what this was about. I'm the one true and living God. He had to show him that there is no God above me. Behold, I will smite with the rod that's in my hand and upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall turn to blood. So we know what God said that would happen. He told Moses what was going to happen before it would happen. And then in verse 19, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Say unto Aaron, look how God did this. So Moses had to give Aaron the command from God, right? So when he gave him the command, he said, take the rod. Look how God just laid it out. First of all, I want you to say unto Aaron. He did not say, say unto anybody else, did he? He was pacific. I want you to say unto Aaron, take the rod and scratch out your hand. Y'all, is that simple? He had one rod in his hand. This God is awesome, isn't he? So he says, speak to Aaron and say, take the rod that's in your hand and scratch forth that rod. So after he told him that, he said, over, he told him what to scratch forth the rod over the waters of Egypt, the streams, the rivers, the pools, the ponds of water, that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt in containers, both of wood and stone. Now, this is the thing. God said, you got to do exactly like I tell you to do. Not only do you scratch out your hand. But it has to be scratched out over the waters of Egypt. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't do nothing else. Everything I told you, that's what I want you to do. Verse 20 says, they were obedient. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded. Aaron lifted up the rod and smote the waters in the river in the sight of Pharaoh, his service, and all the waters in the river were turned to blood. So everything that God said, guess what? It happened. But someone has to do what God says in order for it to happen. Where am I going? Here we are with COVID-19. Who's doing what God is saying to do? We got the power in us, y'all. We're dealing with a Pharaoh upon the land. We're dealing with the enemy. We're dealing with COVID-19. COVID-19 has become a God. So we have to do what God tells us to do. If we don't do it, it's not going to get done. 
God has given us that right. He has given us that authority. He's telling us, you're my children. You're my sons. You're my daughters. You have the authority. I have given you the key. If you don't use what I have given you, this is what's going to be happening. So Moses and Aaron, they obeyed God. So guess what, y'all? Soon as they obeyed God, here come the enemy. So here come the musicians. What did they do? They used enchantments. I'm reading out Amplified, and secret arts, meaning that they had to have something. This is trickery. This is exactly what this is. It's illusions, and it's dealing with um, Satan's power to, to, to try to look as if I can do what he done too. But guess what the catch is? They turned the water into blood. They just bought on more, you know, did what he did, but guess what? They couldn't take it away. And the only thing God said was scratch out your hand. They had to conjure up stuff. Only thing God did was use his power without conjuring up trickery, illusions, or anything else. So we should know that God is above witchcraft. God is above anything that man say that they're doing. We should say, that's why we say no weapon form. It'll form, but it's not going to prosper. Do we know that for real? Or do we just say that? Or the, the scripture that say, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? I have given my angels charge over you to keep you and guard you in all your ways. So COVID-19 cannot come nigh you. When it come nigh you, it dies. You're going to see people dying, but you're not going to die. Why? Because you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. You can say unto the Lord that he is because that's who you know he is. He's the one true and living God. And if you around me, you're not, no harm ain't going to come to you. Why? Because I'm dwelling in that secret place. That's right. So when we know these things, we shouldn't be worried like the world is worried because we serve a God that's above all of those things. So this, is, this was the first plague. And guess what? They couldn't remove it. They tried to dig around the Nile to get some, some water that didn't have the blood in it. And guess what? The stuff that was in that Nile, the fish and all of that, they died. So God was showing him, guess what the first plague was showing? I'm the source of life. Not the God of the Nile that you're serving. Do you see this? He was showing Pharaoh, I'm the source of life. I'm the one that, um, what is it? I'm, I'm, he's life, but he can take what's dead and bring it back to life because I'm God. You couldn't even do that. Your little enchantments could not even overturn what I did. And you still, your heart is still hardened. So here go plague two. This is dealing with the frogs. And it's in Exodus 8, verse 2 through 14. Frogs was considered as a goddess of birth. Of birth. And it was a sign of fruitfulness. So when we look at this, God came in again in chapter 8. And he was speaking unto Moses again. He said, say. Do y'all notice that Moses had to say unto Pharaoh? Pharaoh represents the God of this world, doesn't he? How many of us fight with the devil in our mind and don't open our mouth? You got to say unto that devil. You got to tell him what God said unto you. What are you saying unto him? The word of God. So he spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to Pharaoh. And he said, and verse 2, And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. 
And he said, this is what's going to happen. These frogs are going to um, come forth abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, into thy bedchamber, upon thy bed, into the house of thy servants, unto thy people, and to thine ovens. They were going to be all over the place. And the frogs shall come up both on thee, upon the people, and upon thy servants. Can you imagine? Can y'all see all these frogs in your house, in your bed, everywhere you go, you, you see frogs. He said, this is what's going to happen. And guess why he had so many frogs? Remember those frogs was representing fertility. That was representing fruitfulness. He said, I'm going to give you fruitfulness. <laughs> I'm going to give you all the fruitfulness you want. Everywhere you look, you're going to see nothing but them ugly, nasty frogs. The ones that you're depending on, those are the ones that you're going to see. Can you imagine? So look what happened. So this is what he said. And the Lord spoke unto, spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron. You see how God did it. Moses, then Aaron, scratch forth thine hand with thine rod over the screams, the rivers, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. That's what they did. After Aaron done that, frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. Now look at this, y'all. The musicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. God say, go right ahead. Guess what? They bought them up, but they couldn't get rid of them. See? Fruitfulness. God said, you want fruitfulness? I'm going to give you fruitfulness. <laughs> so he was giving them what they asked for. So then we go on to see, and this is what um, happened next. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from the people, and I will let the people go, and they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Guess what? Pharaoh couldn't go to God. He had to go to Moses, and Moses had to go to God on his behalf. We can't go to God until Jesus did what he did. Y'all get it? Then it says, and Moses said unto Pharaoh, glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants? Now listen at this. Moses is asking him, when do you want me to do this? Isn't that something? When do you want me to do this? Now I'm going to go here. It says, that he may take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go. So Moses was saying, when shall I pray? He was asking Pharaoh, for you and your servants and your people, that the frogs may be destroyed from you and your house and remain only in the river. And Pharaoh said tomorrow, he said, let it be as you say, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. See, it was all proven That God was the only God. That's what God wanted them to see. I am the only God. And this is what people are supposed to see, y'all, through us. There is no other God but God. There is no other way but God. You trying all of these ways, it ain't going to work. The only way it's going to work is by God. That's it. So then we go to see. And then um, verse 11. And the frogs shall depart from you, your houses, your servants, your people, They shall remain in the river only. So verse 12. So Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried to the Lord as he had agreed with Pharaoh concerning the frogs. Verse 13. And look at this. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyard, and villages, and fields. The people gathered them up in heaps, and the land was loathsome and stunk. So look at this right here. Everything had to go through Moses in order for it to change. 
Just like everything had to go through Jesus in order for change to come. But in order for that to happen, y'all, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. When we go to him and say, I don't know what to do or how to do it, the Holy Spirit tells us what needs to be done because he's getting it from Jesus. Jesus is only following what the Father wants. All three of them are working together. So who do we think we are trying to leave God out of this? Trying to look to man to... Anytime we take our eyes off God and look to man to fix something, we're looking at man above God. God said, I'm not man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. Have I said it, shall I not do it? Have I spoken it, shall I not make it good? God said, I changed my, my word is not going to change. What's written is written, and it's going to stay the same. He said, man may change, but I'm not going to never change. My word don't change. So when we look at man to fix something, you know, sometimes people sit in front of the television to see how many cases. Have they gone up or have they come down? Oh, we're getting more cases. What are they going to do about it? When are they going to have the vaccine? We're leaving God out the equation. Because no matter what comes upon this land, we're going to see it through these plagues. These Egyptians went through these plagues. They were in the world, Right? They were a part of the world. God's people were mixed in with these people. But guess what? The people were going through, not God's people. Do we catch that? The people were going through, not God's people. The people were going through, not God's people. So that's how God let them know this is the God that they serve. It's on you, but it ain't on them. And the only way it comes on us, if we're believing in man and not believing in God, you believe, you receive, you doubt, you do without. That's the truth. What did he tell Jairus when, it, when his child was dead? He said, fear not, only believe. So that's what he tells us. When he told them that, he, he put that in there for us. He don't want us to fear. He only want us to believe. That's what he told me about COVID. I said, what do I tell people? Every time you turn around, it's something different. He said, tell them to only believe. Believe who? Believe in me. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. No matter how bad it looks, you look to me. I'm your safety net. I'm the one that's going to bring you through this so people know that I'm God. How are they going to know that he's God, y'all, if we're looking like the world looking? We're supposed to be looking different. Our talk don't even supposed to be like the world is talking. When they say in one thing, we're supposed to counteract it with what God said. How do we know what God say? Because we're in communication with God, not the world. God is our God. They're serving Satan, which is the world. But we're serving the one and true and living God. So we see, first plague was the water turned into blood. Second plague was the frogs. So we see how God worked that. He's still showing them that he's God. Here goes the third one. Exodus 8, verse 16 through 19. And this was dealing with the lice, y'all. Can you imagine? Exodus 8, 16 through 19. And this is what was happening with the lice. And they did so for Aaron scratched out his hand. That's the third plague. Let me go here. Yeah. And they did so, for Aaron scratched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in men and in beasts, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout of the land of Egypt. Isn't that something? 
And the magicians did so with their enchantments, catch this, y'all, to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice upon men and beasts. The magicians gave up. They said, this is the finger. Even the magicians now are saying, Pharaoh, can't you see this is the finger of God? <laughs> they said, this is the finger of God. So look at this Pharaoh. His heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Now y'all look at that. Pharaoh still would not hearken unto God. Do y'all see this today? Things that's going on around us. And people are still not hearkening unto God. They become so rebellious. Then they get stubborn. And then it becomes a sin of witchcraft. This is what's happening around us today. When you don't hear God, you go into rebellion. You go into sin. When God is telling you, don't you do that. But you think that you know everything and you keep rebelling against God. Your heart becomes so hardened, you think you don't need God. That's what Pharaoh was doing. Once everything died down, guess what? He was ready to go back and do what he was doing before. What do y'all see that happen? Even with Christians, when something happened in our life, tragic, come to our house, y'all, we just as humble as a lamb. Father God, I'm going to do right. I'm going to eat better, God. I don't want to die. I want to live as long as you want me to live. I will put down that pork chop. Matter of fact, I'll leave them pig feet alone. God, I don't even like pig ears no more. God, I'll do better. I'm just going to do away with pork. Because I know in the Old Testament, they didn't eat all that unclean stuff. God, I'm going to do what you say. Do I ain't even going to eat a shrimp or nothing out, out the water that's nasty, Lord. I ain't going to eat none of that stuff no more. Because you saved me, Lord. You delivered me, Lord. After two weeks, <laughs> not even two weeks, you sitting down while everybody's eating and the devil is saying, one piece of that pork ain't going to hurt you. One piece. It ain't going to hurt you. Go and eat you one piece. Go and eat one piece. Enjoy that one piece. Because you know the words say everything that God created is good. <laughs> Go and eat it. You eat one piece. That's the best piece of pork chop you had. It's better than your mama pork chop. Then you sit there and say, well, I feel all right. I believe I'm going to go again. It'd be all right. I'm going to put me a little bit of hot sauce on this time. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You don't even see the crispy stuff in the moment, but no, but red hot sauce. And then you eat that. And you may get away with it for a month. Then all of a sudden, you feel like you can't see no more. You're seeing double. Now you're calling on Jesus again. Hello, somebody. This is your heart. You didn't fix your heart. See, you got too relaxed. You didn't dig up. You didn't dig up. You didn't cultivate. You got too happy. You felt like you okay. That's what the devil do. Y'all don't get it. You got to dig up that fallow stuff and say, wait a minute, Lord, I want to get to the root of this. Everything God makes is good is what we do with what he create. We don't overindulge ourselves because it says all you can eat. Hello? They don't fix you now. I'll tell you what they done done. You go to them all you can eat now, they fix your plate. That's what they do. What you want? Some of that right there. Give me a little bit of that right there. I have learned when I get my one little plate, y'all, I sit right there and don't go back. Because that's enough. Because many times as you go back, that's as big as your stomach going to get. We widen our own stomach. 
sometimes you know your stomach's so tight you can't make something. Let me just burp just a little bit and now I go back again. Y'all, Miracle Temple, you know what we used to do in them days. We go to Golden Corral, get a long table, sit there and have a little fellowship, a little conversation, get one plate and sit there and burp a little bit. And next thing you know, we get up again and come back. And then we go home. I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Gluttony is a sin. Nobody don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. Pharaoh's heart was so hardened, y'all. God knew. He ain't going to change. God already knew it. He told Moses. But guess what God was doing, too? God was showing Moses how to trust him, even in the midst when it didn't look like it was no change. Isn't that something? We, some of us, not all of us, when it don't look like change, we just throw, throw in the bag and say it ain't working. God, I'm loving on my husband. I'm doing what I need to do according to the word. And this man done got meaner than he was before. God, just let me divorce him now. Let me leave him now before I kill him. Right? But then when you're in the word of God, you're hearing what God is saying. And even though they spit in your face calling you a no good and you know what, you standing there and singing glory, glory, hallelujah. And through it all, at the end of the day, when you stand and not you, when God is helping you stand, that husband began to humble themselves. This is what's happening with Pharaoh. Can you imagine? Moses didn't stop because Pharaoh's heart didn't change, y'all. Why do we stop when people's hearts don't change? Why do we give up that quick? Because we're not in the place that we need to be in. Did God tell you to give up on that person? Or are you choosing to give up because you're tired of the same thing? Y'all, that's what's happening in churches. People get tired of the same thing. I want something different. Other churches doing this and other churches doing that. We doing the same thing. Where's the kids ministry so these kids can get out of here and I can hear what Jesus say. It's time to have them in a separate place. These other places I can get my praise on up in here. I got to tell the child to shut up or take the child out. Where's the ushers? I'm tired of this. <laughs> and people leave the church. Because they want change. But did God tell you to leave? This is what happens. So his heart was hard, y'all, right? It was so hard. So the lice, I'm going to tell you about the lice. They call this the God of the desert. But guess what God did? Remember he said, strike the dust. Man was made of dust. Were they not? <laughs> Go and strike the dust that you was made from. And bring up those lice. So look what God was doing. He was using what he created man with, and he brought up the lice, and the lice was all over them, right? Can you imagine? So they were called, Aaron scratched out his hand, his rod scrubbed the dust of the earth, verse 17, and there came biting gnats or mosquitoes on men and beasts. All the dust of the land became biting gnats or mosquitoes throughout the land of Egypt. The magicians tried it. Y'all, did I miss something? I don't want to miss nothing. We are at the lice, right? Okay. The musicians um, tried it, and they said it was the finger of God. I went through that. So we see that they could not do nothing with this, right? I want to go to verse 20. Y'all, it gets better and better. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. He coming forth to the water and saying to him, Let my people go, that they may serve me. What God mean is he wanted them to worship him as the only true and living God. That's what he wanted. Else, if they will not let my people go, behold, I will send a swarm of flies. Listen at this, y'all. Here he go again. I'm going to send a swarm of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and the houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarm of flies and also the ground um, that they're on. And I was severing that day the land of Goshen. Now look at this, what God was doing. God was showing them, I'm going to send the flies. He said, but my people ain't going to be touched. He said, they're not going to come to my people. This is where you get redemption from. He, this God is saying, I'm going to show you. I'm redeeming my people. He said, the price has been paid. I'm going to redeem them. It's going to be a separation between y'all and my people. Y'all going to know the God that they serve. Look how God does that. So that's why it should be a separation between us and the world. We shouldn't want what the world wants. We shouldn't want to do what the world want to do. But why do we? Through television, through association. What is the other thing? It's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's the world. That's what we want. It started in the Garden of Eden. If you never saw somebody with something, would you want it? Anybody? And while I'm looking at Quanta Brace, they look really nice on you, Quanta. I'm going to use an example here. I see Quanta Brace, but this sister don't want none. I see Missus, but I don't want none. But some people who look at Quanta and Missy would say, Ooh, I need to try that. I like that. That probably would work good on me. But what if they never saw that? Would they ever want that? How do we get things? By what? We begin to lust after it, don't we? If nobody never knew that there was an Apple product, would you want an Apple product? No, because we were Blackberry fans back then. Y'all remember Blackberry? Blackberry was on and popping, wasn't it? You had you a Blackberry, you thought you had something, didn't you? felt like a business person with a Blackberry. When that iPhone come out, Blackberry had to go. You got tired of messing with Okay. She was content. She knew how to work that ancient phone. Because she was content. She didn't complain. She she pulled it out. I felt for. I was like, Lord, do I need to get got that phone? <laughs> yeah. But she would answer. She couldn't receive her pictures, but that child right there, she weathered it. But what I'm saying is, y'all, we would never want something if we didn't see it. When do we come, become content with what we have? The more we have relationship with God, we get so content that it don't bother us when other people get stuff. Cars, houses, shoes, clothes. Y'all, this is so funny. When people see me, they see me in a t-shirt, a pair of jeans. Now, y'all, I done gone to, um, what you call them things? Um, leggings. <laughs> Get me a t-shirt, pair of leggings, hit Walmart, put on my mask, I'm good to go. I done got used to me some leggings now, but I was never a dressed up preacher. You never saw me with a collar. 
You never saw me with a suit on trying to say, hey, I'm apostle. See me, hear me. Be a, never did that. I was just plain Jean. I never tried to do something to get people to be attached to me. Some people do what they do to get attachment. Some people look the way they look because they want somebody to be attached to them. And the Lord gave me something today. He said, ask people, do you dress to impress or do you just dress? Can I ask y'all that? Do you dress to impress or you just dress? Okay, people say they just dress, right? How would you know the ones that dress to impress? Anybody? They stare at themselves all the time? Huh, Shirley? Compliments? People that dress to impress, they're looking for you to tell them they look nice. They want you to stop them and say, girl, I like that. Where you get that? That look nice on you. Nobody can wear that like you can. And then that make you add some more to what you got. That's dressing to impress. But a person that's just being who they are in God, they ain't looking for nobody to tell them nothing because they know God look good. And if I'm wearing him, glory going to shine on an old T-shirt. Because I ain't out to take his glory. I'm just out to live for him. So what we have to understand, everything we do, we do it unto God. That's why God had to prove himself to Pharaoh. He had to show him I'm the one true and living God. And he had to use these plagues, y'all. You would think with frogs and mosquitoes and gnats and, and flies everywhere, you would think somebody would say, help me, Lord. Get rid of him. He did. But what did he do? He went back to doing what? The same thing. Because his heart was so hard that he refused to believe that God was above all gods. And that's where God don't want us to be. He want us to see him as our one and true and living God. He want us to let go of everything in our lives that we have made a God. We can make people gods. We don't supposed to do that. Because I'm here serving him. I'm here carrying out what he would have me to carry out. If I'm here trying to make you be attached to me, then that's wrong. I'm here to show you him so you will want him and not me. But if I'm trying to make me be worshiped, God is out of the picture. That's why I told y'all with my husband, God let me know I was making him out of a God. He said, you got to let him go. And when I let him go, I let him go. Didn't I let you go? He had to leave me a little note. I really let him go, but God said, you let him go the wrong way now. That ain't the right, that ain't the right way. But I totally, only thing I wanted was me some Jesus. That's when you really know you're letting things go. Because someone that you hold so dear, that seemed like whatever go on with them, it knocked you down. You got to check yourself to see if you really turned them over to God. Or someone that you're looking up to all the time that you cannot move, not let you smell them. That's your God. I can't do without you. I just got to hear your voice. I just can't lay down and sleep, not unless I hear you breathe. We need to check to see who our gods are. We need to see who we're serving more than we're serving God. Whom you talk about the most is your God. Okay. Let's do this last one. So we got the lice. Pharaoh still wouldn't listen. Then we go into the flies, which represent redemption. 
in Exodus 8, 21, verse 22, but I will not treat the Israelites the same as the Egyptians. Um, the people on that day, I will separate the land of Goshen where my people are located. There will not be any flies in the land of Goshen where my people live. But by this, you will know that I, the Lord, am, am in this land. I will treat my people differently from set redemption between my people and your people. The miracle signs will happen tomorrow. So look, y'all, what's happening. Guess who's not in this no more? Remember, um, Aaron was doing the scratching out his hand, right? Now God is speaking to Moses and saying, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. But Moses had to tell him what he was going to do so the rod wasn't scratched out. See how God switched it up? Sometimes we can get so used to God coming one way and he go another. Verse 24, so the Lord did as he had said, and great swarms of flies came into the king's palace and his officers' houses in all Egypt. Flies was running, destroying the land. So I'm going to stop there, and we're going to um, wrap up the rest, the rest um, next Tuesday. So do we see how God was showing them that I'm God? There's no other God that's above me, and that's what God want to show us, y'all, during this time of COVID-19. He wants us to know, I'm your God. And if you know that I'm your God, what are you worried about? He said, why are you fearing? If you know who I am, and you know what I have already done. Do you think I'm going to leave you in a state like this? He says somebody got to represent me as being God. So we have to get instructions from God, just like Moses. And we have to speak what God is telling us to speak over every given situation. Everybody's in different places at different times, right? He said everywhere the soles of your feet tread, you should possess that land. You should be different from them. Yes, this is what man is saying, but we should say what God is saying. We should say the total, we should do the total opposite. So until we know as Christians that God is God and there is no other God, we're going to be living just like the world. And God wants us to be separated from the world. And that's what we have to begin to do, separate ourselves. Because all I'm hearing every day, COVID-19, COVID-19. It's dying down, but when that died down, then something else pop up his head, dealing with the riots and dealing with all this. It's up to us, y'all. We're God's representatives on earth to speak life over this dying world because Moses had to stand in the gap. We have to stand in the gap for those that don't know him, and we have to bring him in on the scene so they will know that truly he's God and he's above man. Because man cannot fix this, y'all. They're trying, but they can't fix it. But God has given us what we need to show them that he is God. So that's why God is teaching us what to do and how to do it. We don't run from it. <laughs> we begin to speak to it. He says, speak to that mountain. And you tell that mountain where to go. And if we don't speak, God is not. God was in control here. But he gave that control to who? Moses. He was in control. Moses couldn't go over God. He could only speak what God was telling him to speak. And Aaron could only speak what God was giving him. He told Moses, he said, you're going to be a God to who? Pharaoh. You're going to show him that I'm God. So if Moses never spoke to Pharaoh, Pharaoh would never have known that he was God. Y'all remember when the, the water was turned into blood, that first plague? When you get over there into Exodus, 
where Pharaoh came in on the scene and God departed that Red Sea, guess what happened? That same water that turned into blood and killed everything that was in there, God said, didn't I tell you, Pharaoh? I'm going to show you, being that you didn't want to hearken unto me, now you're getting ready to die. Everything came in on Pharaoh because Pharaoh still didn't believe God. Even after he let him go, God knew you still don't know I'm God. So guess where you going? <laughs> this is why there is a hell and there is a heaven. For the ones that see God's hand and still refuse to see that he's God, that's where they're going. That's where Pharaoh went. God even gave him times to repent, y'all. He wouldn't do it. So look, he did repent, but he didn't do it with his whole heart. He did it just to get the things away from him so he can keep doing what he's doing. So y'all, we have to show more Jesus than we're showing ourselves. Amen? Do we have any more announcements? Okay, we're good. I'm going to have Deacon um, Newton to close us out. <laughs>